give yourself some grace. Don't be so hard on yourself at the end of the day. No matter how long you've been a nurse, your first contract is going to be overwhelming. You could be a nurse for 20 years, but you're starting off in a brand new environment, brand new people, different charting systems. So it's a lot to soak in. There's no nurse on this earth that knows everything. So don't let anyone make you feel stupid for asking a question. Hey guys, welcome back to The Selfie Show, where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a NICU nurse, blogger, and podcaster, and sitting across from me is my very saucy co-host. Oh, we're getting saucy today. Mm. I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are talking off the clock about... Travel, Travel nursing. nursing. Woo! Fun Friday. This is our bonus, bonus episode. Bonus. Part two yes. of Sarah Gaines. We are diving into everything travel nursing. You guys are going to die. She dropped some amazing tea here today. You are going to be signing up for her class and taking yeah, we are. a travel assignment after this because she makes you want to get out there. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. Today is a, it's going to be a good episode. And guess what? We're changing it up today for the intro, you guys. We want to do something fun, something spicy, something new. For our bonus episodes, our Fun Friday episodes, we have a new little segment. Yes. What are we doing? We're doing rapid fire. Yes. Rapid fire Q&A. This is going to be a fun one. Um, So we have, Sam has five questions. I have five questions or something like that. We have not seen the questions and we're just going to pop off and <laughs> both of us are going to answer, but we're going to be as, uh, we're just going to go through these fun questions. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot. Rapid All right. fire. All right. Last meal. What is it? Any kind of appetizer bar food. Mine would be spaghetti, but specifically my nonis. Mm, homemade okay. Italian mm. spaghetti. Favorite mm. cocktail. Anything with gin. Anything with gin. I don't even know what a gin drink is, but anything with gin. Vodka. Okay. All day. <laughs> Preferably with a cucumber type base. Mm, yeah. Favorite place you've traveled? Uh, Florence, Italy. Oh, I do like Florence. Mm. Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. We need to go there. I love Amsterdam. And I don't even smoke weed. I've never smoked weed in my life. Yeah, Amsterdam. But I love place. Amsterdam. I want to go. Uh, three things every RN needs to carry on them. Dethoscope. Your favorite type of pen. And uh, definitely have compression socks. What about you? Coffee. Mm-hmm. Snacks, snacks and a pen yeah okay love that who really listens to both <laughs> i'm just kidding do you double dip absolutely i knew it you look like such a i'm double definitely dipper. a double dipper what about you no if it's my own dip that i'm not sharing with anyone well duh that's oh, just bad. weird to not but yeah. if i'm sharing with people like no mm. well covid times i shouldn't be a double dipper but <laughs> but then meanwhile i mean you could double I, you i would let you double dip yeah, with me because okay, yeah. we're like related mm-hmm. favorite carnival food actually corn dog oh corn dogs extra, crispy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. extra crispy extra extra mustard what about yours <sighs> i want to say fried oreos but then i feel like i'm cheating on funnel cake <laughs> so i'm gonna have to stay loyal to you funnel have to cake choose they were first have to choose which one <sighs> fried oreos mm, okay. okay good all right uh dream podcast guest Honestly, I'm so obsessed with the basement yard. So I actually think it would be Joe Santagato because I would want to talk about like poop with him and farts. <laughs> Mine would be Lauren Bostic. I knew for that. For sure. 100%. That. Uh, first celebrity crush. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, JTT? Yeah. Obviously. Heath Ledger for me. For sure. Oh, oh my God. God. Him in A Knight's Tale. Oh, oh. done. Uh, favorite cuss word. Fuck. Obviously. I think mine's shit. Fuck. 
definitely fuck. I like fuck too, but I don't. It doesn't roll off the tongue like it does oh, for you. Oh, it's it's a natural. Have you ever slapped someone in the face? Yes. <laughs> yes, right across the face. I was in sixth grade too. Whopped them like. Oh, go girl. Yeah, and then I ran, <laughs> ran up the stairs and locked myself in my room. I've never slapped someone, but I definitely kicked my brother in the balls. <laughs> um, what's your biggest flex? Crocs. Oh, disgusting. Just kidding. My biggest flex is honestly spending all day cleaning my house, like obsessively scrubbing it and then having someone come over and being like, oh my God, I'm sorry. It's so messy. Mine's annoying. Doing uh, the PSA with John Cena. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely my flex. biggest flex. Okay, uh, what's your life motto? Get that bread, get that head, <laughs> then leave. <laughs> Bitch, then leave. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I don't have one, but I like to yeah. I like to think it's that. I'm going with that. I think mine's, mine's just do it. And it's so, so Nike, but I just feel like I just do stuff. Just do it. Just freaking do it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I, I love uh, Fun Friday. Yeah, Fun Friday is great. Oh. Love me some rapid fire. Yes, and we're doing two more bonus episodes this month. Yeah. So more, if you have some good um, oh, yeah. Fun we'll, Friday questions, let us know. One. Yes, we'll drop a box for that. Okay, you guys, we're getting into part two here with Miss Sarah Gaines. Oh my God, you guys are going to die today. Okay, Sarah created the six-figure travel nurse course to educate and empower nurses ready to take control of their career so that they can gain the freedom, autonomy, and pay that they deserve. So we get into all the tips and tricks of travel nursing. The travel nurse course will give you all of the answers that you guys have been craving, the clarity to jump in with confidence. She touches on it a little bit, but honestly, you guys, we really want to take the course now because we could do this podcast from anywhere. Yeah. So what's stopping us from doing this? We should just go. We're going to take Rambo, Moses, and Jacob and just pick up and leave. We're doing it. Um, But if you are ready to become a travel nurse, definitely check out her program. Um, She really offers, even today, we get into some resources, some tools, um, and in her actual program, she really offers a supportive community. So we're really excited to talk about it today, to touch on it. So without further ado, let's dive into the show. Part two. So here we are with part two, because there are so many amazing dynamics to you, Sarah. And the main reason why we actually wanted to get you on here is to talk about your travel nursing. So when and why did you start travel nursing? Let's dive into that. All right. Are you ready? Because it's a story. <laughs> oh, we are ready. We are here for you it. know I always got a story. <laughs> Pop off. <laughs> so basically, a couple years into my career, I had been a nurse for about three years. And long story short, I was just like really overworked. Definitely underpaid, not appreciated. And I was working night shift, which is nothing I had planned for. And I was dealing with mandatory overtime. Have y'all ever had to do mandatory overtime? Not mandatory. It's just not, not as begging much. you. Yeah, yeah, beg. I didn't even know. And then you feel like, bad. Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing until they made me do it. I was like, this is illegal. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like the worst. I was just so tired and fed up. And I honestly felt like I was just done with nursing in general. I didn't think I wanted to be a nurse anymore. Um, And obviously, like looking back, hindsight, I just needed to change my environment. I didn't hate labor and delivery. I just hated the place that I was working at. Um, But during the time, even though I was just really unhappy, it was still my comfort zone. And I had kind of heard about travel nursing, but I was like, oh, no, like that is way too risky. I don't know who in the world would do that. 
it sounds like a scam because there's no way they're really making all that money. You know, like I was just like, there's got to be a cash. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Insert 2020, <laughs> the year of the travel nurse. And the first person who actually mentioned travel nursing to me was my dad. Um, he was an entrepreneur himself and he was a world traveler himself. He actually spent more than half of his life living in another country. Um, so he was like, yeah, I should totally do it. And I was like, dad, you're crazy. Like, no, it's not for me. Um, but unfortunately, um, the straw that broke the camel's back for me when it came to that job was my dad was diagnosed with cancer and it ended up being a terminal disease. So I was his hospice nurse and I took care of him until he passed away. And the day he passed away, that my manager at the job called me and was like, Hey, you ready to go back to work? And I was like, wow. well, you know, I no. still have to go to my dad's funeral and all that stuff. And long story and short, my dad's and process on Sunday. and yeah, I'm like floored. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It gets wow. worse. Unfortunately, it gets worse. Um, so my dad's funeral is on Sunday and the manager told me I had to be to work on Monday. And I was like, can I please just have a couple of extra days off? And her answer was, no, we're short staff. We need you. So I went to my dad's funeral Sunday night and then woke up and um, went to work on Monday. And I honestly thought at the time that I was going to be okay. I think I like convinced myself, like, this is what I need. I just need to get back into the routine. And I got to work. Everything was fine. Delivered my patient. Everything went great until... She called her dad in to welcome his first grandchild, and I lost it. Like, I was, like, on the ground, in the fetal position, crying before I even knew it. And, you know, all the nurses, they were surrounding me, hugging me. Like, Sarah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then I feel my manager's hand on my shoulder, and I'm, you know, wiping my tears. I look up at her, and she just says, Sarah, you're making a scene. I need you to get up. You have another patient waiting in triage. So get this one cleaned up so you can get your next patient. No. Oh my no. God. <laughs> I was like, I'm like ready to throw hands right now. <laughs> and I don't even know this person. It's like... so crazy. And so, unfortunately, like most nurses, I wasn't in the position to just walk out and quit. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like, you know what? Forget you. I'm done with this place. But financially, I was not in the place to do that, especially after like recently losing my father. I was helping, you know, my um, mother out, you know, financially. So I had to do what she said. I had to wipe my tears, get up and take the next patient. Um, but it was in that moment that I knew I was done with that place and something had to change. That was my rock bottom. I was like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get out of here, but I got to get out out of here um so that's a rock bottom yeah i mean i would die yeah it was a definite rock bottom and so later on that day i was eating lunch in the break room and i was i had already submitted my resume to like a ton of different jobs like in the area i was just desperate to find a job so i was like checking all the the websites like monster indeed checking my email to see if anyone one of the recruiters had you know messaged me back with a job And as I'm thumbing through my emails, my phone rings and this random travel nurse recruiter calls me and they're like, hey, you want to jump in the 
And I'm just immediately super annoyed that the random recruiter cold called me and I just go off. I'm like, I'm at the worst job ever. My dad just passed away. I need a permanent stable job. I'm not, I ain't got time to be traveling all across the U.S. right now. Like, what are you crazy? And the recruiter was just like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you say you currently live in Houston? I'm like, yes, I do. And she's like, well, didn't you say your ideal job would be in Dallas? I'm like, that is correct. <laughs> and the recruiter's like, well, there's actually a travel nursing position in Dallas, Texas. It's day shift. It's making twice as much as you're making now. So you'd be able to go back to Dallas, be closer to your family. You make twice as much money so you can help out your mom. And I was like, hmm, that sounds like a scam. So I hung up. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> hung up on the recruiter. I was like, that's definitely a scam. And then I'm, you know, eating my lunch, I'm scrolling through my emails. And there I run into this email that my dad sent me a couple days before he passed away. He forwarded an email to me and it was actually for the exact same position that that recruiter had just told me about. And I was like, oh my God, that's a sign. So then I immediately call the recruiter back and I'm like, I'll take the job. I'll take it. I'm ready. Yeah. And the recruiter was like, oh, you changed your mind. I'm like, I know. Just what do I have to do? So before my lunch break was over, I completed like the submission process. I was submitted to the job. The recruiter said that I may get a call within the next couple of days. So just stay by my phone. I'm like, okay, cool. So I finished my lunch. I go about my day. Within a couple hours, the hiring manager actually calls me. So I have to run into the uh, supply room. <laughs> And I did my first travel nurse interview in the supply room and the manager ended up offering me the job. And so I followed up with my recruiter. I signed my first contract. And um, by the end of my shift, the same manager that told me I was making a scene, I handed her my two weeks notice and I'm out of there. (laughs) You're nice for even giving two weeks. Yeah, you are. I would have been out. Yeah, I was done. So I jumped, I mean, you know, a lot of people say, you know, are you ready to jump into travel nursing? I feel like I didn't jump in. My dad shoved me in. He was like, here you go. Now's the time. Take the sign. So yeah, that's how I, that's why and how I jumped into travel nursing. Um, and if you look, obviously several years later, you know, I'm, I'm traveling and living my best life. And many people think that's why I jumped into it. But like the, the honest truth is that I just, I was in a very desperate situation I was very, very, very sad, and I just needed a way out of like a very hostile, um, unsupportive work environment, and travel nursing was that for me. It is crazy what we tolerate when we think that we don't have any other option. Like you even just showing up to work on Monday is crazy, but we get stuck in these situations because it's our only job or financially, like we have to do that, and I just feel like certain hospital administrators take advantage of nurses in that way or healthcare workers in general. Well, as an extension, Sarah, we're so sorry for your loss. Um, I just can't imagine that whole transition for you. So, but you are truly someone that made lemonade out of lemons. Uh, <laughs> but I'm so sorry for your loss. I did, thank you. I definitely, I didn't realize it was going to I just, at the time, travel nursing was just my way out of a terrible situation. And then it just bloomed into this like amazing career. And that's ultimately why I'm so passionate about getting everyone and their mom to jump into travel nursing. Y'all know off air, I'm trying to get both of (laughs) y'all. Yes. 
like, I wish I did it. I'm like, do it, do it. <laughs> it's actually like one of my biggest regrets because Tori did it. And even though you stayed locally, but I was always in a very long term relationship and lived with someone. And then by the time I like was in a place to do it, I left NICU and now I don't do bedside. So I just feel like I missed that window. Well, you always. Well, one misconception about travel nursing, a question I get all the time is, you know, it's the wrong time or I'm too old or whatever it may be. And one thing that may surprise you is there is a lot of nurses who jump into travel nursing once they retire um, because they just want to maybe work a couple months out of the year, make some extra money, live in some different cities, and they still love nursing um, but they don't want to be stuck anywhere for too long. And, you know, and there's a couple of nurses like in the travel nurse course where they're widowed and their kids are grown and off to college. And they're like, I just want something to do. And I would love to just travel the U.S. and make some extra money at the same time. So the opportunities are definitely endless. And there's outpatient travel nursing jobs. Now, I won't lie to you. Oh, they're not in high demand. I didn't even know that. Yes, there's definitely outpatient um, travel nursing jobs, they're not as in high demand as inpatient jobs. So there's not going to be like as many available. And then you would definitely have to be more flexible when it comes to location and stuff because there's not as many opportunities. But you definitely have that too. There's travel case managers, there's travel CRNAs, travel NPs, travel MDs. Pretty much if there's a need, there is definitely a travel position for it. And even health supervisors. Yeah. Yeah. Travel. Yeah, absolutely. And right now with the COVID vaccine, there's actually lots of like travel vaccine contracts that you can do that are super easy and fun. So. What's the best place you've traveled? The best place I've traveled, travel nursing or just travel in general? <laughs> Both. But yeah, there you go. Oh, my favorite trip ever. This is actually like really hard. I really loved South Africa. Um, it was just so incredibly beautiful. The weather was amazing. There was so much culture and history. And I actually, I was there for three weeks and I was so sad that I couldn't stay longer because South Africa is just one tiny little speck of all of Africa. So I cannot wait to go back. But my highlight of that trip was like, I went on a real safari and it really looked like you know, Lion King. And it was just insane. I was like, is this real life? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> That's literally my husband's dream. He wants to go on safari. That's Let's like go. his number one trip he wants to do. It I'm inviting myself. So cool. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my God, it was, it was amazing. It actually, I was excited to do it, but it was actually at the same time, the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I honestly don't think I would do it again because it's actually pretty terrifying to be a couple of feet away from a lion that could just eat you yeah. alive. Like it was just, my heart was just beating. My palms were sweaty and it just really makes you appreciate nature. And then just seeing how big a giraffe is when you're standing right there and how huge these elephants are when you're right there. It's just insane. You know, you watch it on Animal Planet or whatever, like, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> it is so crazy. Um, so I loved my South Africa trip. I really, really enjoyed um, Bali. It was, I thought, honestly, Bali was like overrated to be real with you. Um, but when I got there, it's worth all the hype. 
It really is. It's a, it's a beautiful place. It's one of the places I would definitely go back to. And it was just relaxing. And I mean, massages were like $3 an hour. So I got a massage every morning and every night while I was there. <laughs> I feel like if you want to live in luxury, go to Bali. The flight is going to be the most expensive part. And then once you get there, you can just live like in luxury. And um, I definitely enjoyed my Costa Rica trip, which it actually turned initially it was just I wasn't meant to stay there for a while like I was like oh I'll go here for you know a week or two and then I ended up staying longer but what actually happened was um, I started my first travel nursing assignment and it was in Dallas and I really I honestly I enjoyed the assignment but what's crazy is I think I feel like everyone deals with grief differently And my way of dealing with grief was just work, 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 like just trying to get my mind off of everything. You know, when I came home, my dad died at home in the living room. And so when I came back to my mom's house and sat in the living room, like that's all I could think about. It just really made me sad. So I think I just dealt with grief with working just a ton of overtime. So long story short, the manager at that job, she actually recognized that I was depressed before I did, before my family members did, before anyone did. And until this day, I'm so incredibly thankful for her because it's so crazy that the manager at my previous job that had worked there for years reacted one way and a manager I worked with for a couple months saw me and recognized me and like recognized my hurt and my pain and like just cared enough, you know, about me. So one day she just pulled me aside to her office and she was like, you know, what's going on? And I told her, I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing fine. And I'm thinking I'm in trouble. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm coming to work on time. I'm doing everything. What am I? And she was like, no, your work ethic is fine, but you're not okay. And um, she was like, I'm going to, we're going to end your contract. And I was like, what? And she was like, you need to take some time off. Like you you need to step away. You need to spend some time with your family. You, you need to take some time off. And I just broke down in her office and I cried and cried and cried because she was right. And, um, and this was about six months after my dad passed away, six months into that contract. And so, yeah, I left work without a job and I was kind of in shock. And she told me, she said, you can come back when you're ready, but for now we're going to end your contract. So I came home And I told my mom, I said, yeah, um, I don't have a job, you know, right now. And she told me I need to take some time off. My mom was like, well, you do because you kind of didn't take any time off. You jumped right into travel nursing. And I felt this stress and responsibility to help her financially too. So that was just how I dealt with everything. And she was like, you know what? Why don't you go to that Spanish school you've always wanted to go to in Costa Rica? And I was like, what? And she's like, I remember a couple of years ago, you mentioned the Spanish school and I couldn't go because it's not really worth going to Spanish school if you can only go a week or two, right? So she was like, at least you can stay like 30 days. I'm like, well, I said, I really don't know if I can go by myself. That was my first solo trip. And my mom was like, why not? You can do it. I was like, no, no. And then we're going go, back girl. and forth. And she was like, you know what? I said, if I look up these tickets to Costa Rica and they're cheap, I'll book a ticket tomorrow. And she's like, okay, look them up. And I looked up the ticket. It was $50 nonstop. What? (laughs) That's COVID prices. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, 
okay, I guess I'm going to Costa Rica. And so I, yeah, I bought a one-way ticket there and I didn't expect it to be just so amazing and life-changing for me. I ended up staying there months. I remember the manager calling me and being like, I know I told you to take some time off, but um, are you coming back? Or yeah. <laughs> Like, you're really just living your best life. It's been a couple months, girl. Um, but I really, really needed that time to just step away. I went to Costa Rica for Spanish school. Like, oh, this is fun. But man, I ended up, I ran into this one girl who ended up being my roommate. And it turned out, and I, I talked to her so much about, you know, my dad and everything that happened. And she helped me work through it. And she, I'd actually, um, I was, um, working on my master's degree and, um, you know, straight A's, had everything done. I only had one class to finish. And when my dad passed away, I just stopped. And they actually kicked me out of the program with just one class left. And so when I went to Costa Rica, she, my roommate, ended up pulling me out of that. And we ended up, you know, talking about it. And she's like, you should write a letter to the president. And I did. And I ended up getting back in the program. And I finished my master's degree. And when I came back from Costa Rica, I was a changed person. And I really honestly feel like God just put me there because my roommate just happened to be a psychologist that specialized in grief. So I feel like we definitely crossed paths like for a reason. It was just such an, and I still keep in touch with so many people. My, my Spanish school teachers in Costa Rica, I still keep in touch with them and um, we all talk. It was just an incredible experience for me. So that by far was obviously one of my favorite, favorite um, trips. It just was really life-changing for me. And it changed my perspective when it came to travel nursing, because my original plan was not to be a career travel nurse. I Travel nursing wasn't a forever thing to me. It didn't seem like it was possible at the time. So my plan at the time was like, okay, I'm currently living in Houston and I'm going to pick up this travel assignment in Dallas. And if I like it, I'm going to stay there and be a staff nurse. And they, when I came back from Costa Rica, they offered me, they were like, Hey, you know, do you want to be here as a staff nurse? And the first thing that went through my head was like, well, if I commit to being a staff nurse, I'll never be able to do something like that again. I'll never be able to just buy a ticket and live in another country and come back when I feel like it. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And so, and pay cut. <laughs> yes, and pay cut. <laughs> and so, it was at that moment I realized, like, okay, I gotta make travel nursing a long term thing. I'm gonna do this for real. I'm not just gonna travel around Texas, I'm about to travel, travel. So, that's when I decided I was gonna go for it. How different is it to travel in a foreign country versus in the state? Well, I will say, um, I'm actually glad you brought this up. A lot of people think I'm an international travel nurse. But I am not, I do not work in any other countries. Um, any, I do spend a lot of time in other countries and I'm always on vacation. <laughs> I do not want to live. <laughs> I want to be you. This is actually, so we did a Dropbox and I'm really curious about this too. From your perspective, how long do you really need to be a nurse before you start traveling? <laughs> That's like a, one of the most common questions. Really need to be. Um, so the generic answer, like if you if you Google it or ask a recruiter, they're going to tell you the generic answer of you need one to two years of ex recent experience in the specialty that you plan to travel to, which is true, but there's actually a lot more to it that you need to understand. 
So number one, yes, you do need the experience. Like if you're a new grad nurse, no, you should not be traveling. Um, but <laughs> when it comes a lot of new grads to, ask that. When it comes to how much you really need, it really comes down to skill set. So there's many nurses who have one to two years of experience, but they still don't feel ready to become a travel nurse. And so the question you should ask yourself at that point is, do I have the skill set to safely and efficiently take care of the sickest patient on a unit without drowning, without asking for help, without leaning on the charge nurse? Can I confidently take care of the sickest patient on my unit? And if you can, if you can confidently say, yes, I can do that, then you're probably prepared to become a travel nurse because at the end of the day, that's what you're going to be expected to do as a travel nurse on top of everything else is going to be unfamiliar to you. The only thing you're going to be able to lean on as a travel nurse is your set. You're not, it's going to be a new unit, new doctors, new coworkers, new policies, new procedures. So you really have to rely on a strong skill set. Um, and a strong, you know, knowledge and background in nursing. You have to be very confident that you can safely take care of the patients that are on your particular unit and that the right time is going to be different for every nurse, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Kind of an extension of that floating assignments. What's that situation like as a travel nurse? So when it comes to floating, one thing that I hear quite often is... (laughs) nurses being like you I'm, I'm gonna be a travel nurse but I don't want to float yeah, you're <laughs> and like, girl. I'm like listen you gotta be realistic and at the end of the day travel nurses are hired to fill staffing need so and it is honestly a huge myth people love to say oh just put it in your contract if you don't want to float just put it in your contract that's uh, You can put that in your contract, but if a manager has 50 travel nurses to choose from and they need to fill staffing needs and there's 49 other travel nurses who are willing to float and you're the one travel nurse who doesn't want to float, why would they pick you? So yes, you can put whatever you want in your contract, but the more stipulations you have, the less likely you are to be hired for the job. So that's one thing that you really want to keep in mind. And then also you just have to be realistic. Um, If you're a med surge nurse, you're probably going to be floated to different med surge units across the hospital because you are a travel nurse and you're hired to fill staffing needs. Now, I don't want to scare people from travel nursing because you shouldn't ever be floated to units that, um, you know, you're not that you don't that are past your scope. So, for example, I'm a labor and delivery nurse. um, And in the six plus years that I've been traveling I've only been floated one time to a unit outside of my scope, which was med surge. And when I got there, I was very clear. I was like, uh-uh, I ain't take taking care of man in 10 years. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And they, they, um, I basically was a resource nurse, starting IVs, giving meds, you know, whatever. They didn't actually assign me any patients. So, you know, there's definitely limits to it. But as an L&D nurse, you may be floated to mother baby antepartum, pre-op, post-op, because you're familiar with those areas. Let's talk about the workflow of this. So let's say you've signed a contract, you have the whole, you know, travel assignment done. How do you pick housing? Like, how do you travel? How do you pack? Like, what's that like for you? Okay, well, let's start off with, I guess, housing. Um, When you're picking housing, it's actually very straightforward and simple. I usually just go on Airbnb. 
because you want something that's going to be short term, preferably month to month in case your contract is canceled and you want something that's going to be fully furnished. You don't want to make the mistake of trying to lease an unfurnished apartment. That's a very backwards way to do it. And you can end up upside down financially. So just simply picking housing on like Airbnb or Furnished Finder are good places to start. I will say um, a common misconception, I guess, about travel nursing is that you have to constantly move all the time. And I'm actually a travel nurse that hates moving, which I know <laughs> sounds crazy, but I hate moving and packing up. So I tend to find, I tend to pick my assignments in urban cities that have several different hospitals to choose from. And I'll stay in that city for a year while working at different hospitals in that city. So I only move like once a year, typically, it depends. If I hate the assignment, then you know I'm a move, but <laughs> you actually can stay in cities, you know, longer than three months. Um, but when it comes to packing, the simple way to put it is don't bring anything to an assignment that you wouldn't bring to a hotel, right? So your your um, your housing should be furnished, fully furnished. So you shouldn't have to bring a mop, a broom, cleaning supplies, a coffee pot, ironing board, like all those random things. You don't need any of that. Like treat it as if you are arriving to a hotel. That stuff should already be there. So you honestly, you just need clothes, hygiene products. Um, even cooking stuff like there, there's going to be pots and pans and all that stuff there. You don't really need to bring all of that. And then you'll, the more you travel, the more you'll realize like what your, um, priorities are. It's going to be different for every person. Like I have a whole box full of wigs that I bring on every assignment. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I love my different wigs. So, I mean, it's going to be different for everyone. Everyone's going to bring a box of wigs and some people love like, I actually, I have a whole box of shoes like that. And it's, it, it really makes no sense, right? Because you're staying in these places for a couple of months. There's no reason to bring 50 pairs of shoes, but it's just like, hey, it's you like never the one know. Pair. You got that travel money. Yeah, I mean, the, the one town, you got to have your shoes. <laughs> That'd be the pair you need. So I'm like, exactly. So, um, dress yeah. to impress with that travel money. <laughs> <laughs> So how does even just like insurance work and benefits as a travel? I know it kind of depends maybe on your Yeah, like agency. your 401k. How do you do this? All that. Yes, it's actually very – I'm so – you're asking all the good questions. I love it. Because well, I'm interested now. I'm like <laughs> – I know. But I don't know. I still don't know what I'm doing with my life. Selfish so. questions. Yeah. We want to know. Like the benefits thing is actually um, another common misconception because I feel like everyone assumes that when you become a travel nurse, you just lose all your benefits. But the fact is majority of travel nursing companies offer, they do have health insurance. It's great plans and they just deduct it out of your paycheck, just like staff nursing, you know, same thing. Um, and then when it comes to 401k, um, actually, I have an IR, a Roth IRA that is through like a private company. Um, I do that for my savings and stuff. And what else is there? Things like PTO and sick time. It depends on what there are some companies that offer PTO and sick time for travel nurses, but majority of companies don't. But my response to this is, you know, I get staff nurses tell me all the time, I don't know, I'm not trying to give up that PTO. Do you miss PTO? I'm like, oh, I'm in negative PTO right now. I'm <laughs> negative 47 hours. Like, my Literally. Thing is, I'm like, does it 
does it suck to not get paid if you miss a day of work? Yes. But at the same time, I can afford to not be paid because I'm literally making like three to four times what I made as a staff nurse. So I could, if I miss, if I'm sick one day and I miss that day, it's not financially devastating. It's going to break you. Yeah. And I've, I've doubled my income and I don't work any overtime and I take half the year off. That in itself. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> on top of being like, and now I want to go on vacation in another country for a month. Exactly. It's the freedom for me. It's like, forget the, and then for me, at my, and I know everyone's job is different, but at my job, I had a ton of PTO because I couldn't ever use it. It was always denied due to staffing needs. So I had like over a thousand hours of PTO, but my vacation was always denied. Why am I not surprised by that? <laughs> crazy. I've never accrued more than 100 hours in my nine years as a nurse. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I used to, but now I'm per diem, so I don't. And Well, and I'm part-time, so I barely accrue PTO. How do you handle your health insurance? Do you carry your own policy? So when I was traveling full-time, I went, well, okay, I'll t- I've done it three ways. When I first started traveling, I was a youngin, so I was under my mom's insurance. That's, so that's the way. That's, that's <laughs> the best way to do it, okay? Um And then after I turned 26, I went through company insurance because it's just, that's just the easiest thing to do. Um, The biggest con though, if you do company insurance is that there is a gap in coverage when you're not working. So if you're not working, you're not covered. So when you're, depending on how long some, not every travel nurse is like me, you know, when I take a vacation, I'd be taking months off, but (laughs) most travel nurses will take like, a week or two off. And so that's not that big of a deal if they don't have insurance for two weeks and then they start working again. But if it's a big deal that there's gaps in coverage, then you can just do a private plan. What's the longest travel assignment you've taken? The longest one? A year. Oh, dang. Mm -hmm. Do they just keep reassigning or keep updating your contract? Yes. I definitely don't suggest like you see travel nursing positions for a year or, you know, 30 weeks, I actually don't suggest that because you don't know if you're going to like it, you know, take your your 13 week contract, fill it out, see if you like it and then decide whether you want to extend or not. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I, I, let me tell you one thing about me and this is so like contradicting, but I'm the travel nurse who doesn't like to travel and I really don't like too much change. So I will like stay at assignment for a year and then I will turn around and come back. (laughs) There you go. That's the way to do it. (laughs) Yes. And it's just easy because you know what you're getting yourself into. And even like the last assignment that I like returned to, it was so funny because I I left there and I told the staff nurses, I was, um, I was like, y'all are crazy. I'm not coming back here. I'm not dealing with this. And then a couple years later, I was like, hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm back. I was like, I know it's crazy, but at least I know what type of crazy it is. So it's fine. <laughs> well, and as you go other places, you start to appreciate certain crazy. Yes. You start to appreciate, how can I put it? Your standards will change. You know, like you think one place is bad. <laughs> and then you pick up a travel yes. assignment at another place. And you're like, oh, this is bad but that last place wasn't that bad perspective yeah have you ever ended a contract early no I have not um I have gotten to the point where a contract like I was in an 
And I did threaten to leave if the issue wasn't resolved and they did resolve the issue. But at the end of the day, like if it's truly an unsafe situation, you have every right as a travel nurse to leave that situation. Now at the same time, you know, I got to mention this. I'm so tired of these nurses jumping on these crisis rate contracts and then being shook when they're in a whole crisis. Like you are in a whole. (laughs) You signed up for it. Yes. They're like, oh my God, there's no resources. There's no staff. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, it's crisis. <laughs> Hence your pay rate. Contract. Um, so you definitely have to keep that in mind. There's so many nurses that are quick to chase the money, but there is a reason why these hospitals and facilities are paying you $10,000 a week. It ain't because it's easy and it ain't because they fully staffed. It's because they are in a crisis. So you have to be mentally prepared for that. And, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with crisis rate contracts. Um, I've done 15 of them. So obviously I keep going back to be tortured, (laughs) but I just like them because I just feel like they're, it's quick and easy money. And I use the word easy loosely because I feel like it really depends on your skill set. Um, I have a very strong skill set as a laboring delivery nurse. And so a lot of the quote unquote, hard patients, harder assignments, difficult places to work. They weren't more difficult than my staff job. (laughs) Like the ratios were so bad at my staff job and the patients were very high risk. Even though I hated working there, it really prepared me to be a great travel nurse because there isn't many places that I've worked at that have been worse than my staff job. So along those lines, what are some good telltale signs that this is not going to be a good travel contract or like places to avoid? Like, how do you know about that? Yeah, like, red how do flags. You, red flags. Like, how do you know? Like, mm, this is not a good one. Number one, like, obviously, if it's a crisis, right, <laughs> you just have to be mentally, it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee that it's just going to be this like terrible place to work. But you do have to realize if they have to pay nurses a huge elevated rate, there's a reason why they can't keep nurses. And also, if it's a place that's constantly hiring travel nurses, that means that their current travel nurses aren't extending. So that's like a huge red flag. And another thing is like when you do your interview as a travel nurse, the most important question to ask is what's the max nurse patient ratio? And this goes back to like, you know, your skill set and what you're used to. There's some med surge nurses that work down in the South, ratios are crazy. And they're like, yeah, girl. We have eight to 10 patients. It is what it is. But then there's med surge nurses in California that are like, oh, hell yeah, no, I, I would like, never yeah. take more than five patients. So yeah. if you mess around and you apply to a position where their ratios are eight to 10, the nurse from Texas is like, oh, that's what I'm used to. The nurse from California is going to be like, oh, hell no. Um, so the most important question to ask is what's the math nurse patient ratio? And a red flag is if... <laughs> I'm laughing because it just happens all the time. A red flag is that the manager's manager just cannot give you a straight answer. They're like, well, <laughs> it depends on staffing and it really depends on this. And, and you're like, no, what's the max? You should have a cut off. The max is this, period. But if they keep tiptoeing around it and what about this and that, you know that the, the ratios are going to probably be very elevated. I think that's the hard part being from California for me. Oh, yeah. I grew up spoiled. So... <laughs> You said it, not me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've traveled in California, so you know. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because when I came to California, I was 
shook. Like I remember the first of all, all the travelers to say that. Yes. Yeah. Number one, I had no concept of of an undisturbed break. Like what is that? And number two, I didn't even know what a break nurse was. I did not even know that existed. And number three, when the break nurse, I remember the break nurse gave me like my morning break or whatever. And then she came back to me in the afternoon to give me my lunch break. And I told her like, no, 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 it's too many breaks. Like you're, you're wrong. You're miscalculating. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, wait a minute. And it's so funny because I traveled in California for years, just everywhere, up and down. And then I came back to Texas and I was Shook. <laughs> was like, yeah, I was a reshook. I was like, man, I ain't got no breakfast break here. I'm parched. <laughs> No, I think that's a huge thing. We talk about that a lot about how California, the standards here really need to start applying everywhere. Like, Absolutely. and I will say this too it's not all peaches and roses in California. Like, there are a lot of hospitals where they go beyond their ratios. There have been, you know, a lot of issues here too, especially during COVID. We all know that. But still, like, that needs to apply to every state. Like, every, the ratios have to change. There's just a strike this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're a big one. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, the the ratio, it should be a universal thing. It shouldn't change yeah. from state to state. That is like the, the most ridiculous. No, we all sit for the same thing. NCLEX. Yes. But then we all have different nursing practice acts in different states. It's crazy to me. And bottom line, it's about the patient. Yeah. Like, it's not safe for a nurse to have that many patients and to be stretched that thin and not be able to eat. Like, do you really want to be taken care of from a nurse that is so stretched thin, so stressed out, can't can't balance all their workload? Like, that's not safe for the patient. When I agree with you 1000%. And I think the saddest part about it is a lot of nurses don't know any better. They don't know that mm-hmm. it's better. Just like I went to California and I was shook. People follow me on Instagram and they're like, wait a minute. That's how it is. And, you know, many, many people who follow me on Instagram are from Texas because I'm from Texas. And so when I would take my assignments in California, you know, I'd be on Instagram eating lunch on my with my feet up on my undisturbed break. And they're like, what? What are you doing? You're on a break break. I'm like, yeah, girl, what's how they doing in California, girl? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and they actually have max nurse patient ratios here. Like, it's really, you know, it's crazy. And it's, it's, it's just sad because when I, before I jumped into travel nursing, I just, I had one standard that there was nothing else that I could compare it to. And travel nursing really opened my eyes to so many different things. Like, you know, of course, nurse patient ratios and, you know, breaks and everything. But even when it comes to like new skills and standards of care, it's so crazy how drastically different the standards of care are from facility to facility, from state to state. It's it's very interesting, but I'll say at the very least, travel nursing will definitely make you a well-rounded nurse because you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to learn that there's 50,000 ways to do one thing and everyone thinks their way is the best way. <laughs> 100 you just, you just learn to roll with it and you're constantly... Um, picking up new things. And it's just just taught me a lot. It's made me a really well-rounded nurse that's quick to learn for sure. This was another popular question we got as far as like traveling, traveling with a family, a husband, a partner, a dog, kids, like what's the scope here? You know, I get this question on a daily basis too. Like it's crazy. My DMs be 
popping? Everyone asks me that question and I always say, why not? Like, why, why not? At the end of the day, you could, you could travel with your, your wife, your husband, your kids, your grandkids, your dog, your t- it don't matter. Like <laughs> you can travel it. with whoever you want. Um, it just comes down to like the personal decision of what you want to like with the kids. People are like, well, I don't know. Should I do homeschool or should I? It's a personal decision. It's possible to do it, but you have to decide with obviously with kids, there's a little bit more planning that goes into it. And, you know, you can decide like I know travel nurses that their kids stay at home with their husband. And then they will fly out to their travel nurse position and work there for three months. And because they make two to three times the amount of money, they're actually able to work three months on on an assignment and take two months off. So a lot of people think of it as a way as, oh, oh, I wouldn't want to spend that much time away from kids. But these travel nurses are actually spending more time with their kids because they're able to take two months off and spend the summer with their kids and afford to vacation with their kids and stuff like that. So it's all about perspective. One of the big things I think people want to know is what is like the orientation process like? Like how much training do you actually get when you show up for your contract? What orientation? What training? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) How fast do you just get thrown into it? It's like, okay, here you go. It's definitely going to vary from facility to facility. And again, this is why having a strong skill set is so important um, because they're actually not going to train you to do anything. They're going to expect you to know everything. They're just going to show you what's different. So like when I try to explain it to, you know, other people, I'm always like, you know, they're not going to show you, this is how you start an IV. You're going to take this step in, but they're going to say, hey girl, have you ever used this type of tubing? Do, do Are you familiar with this? Okay. Are you familiar with this pump, the monitor, yeah, you know, yeah, the equipment? Pump, but they're not going to say, this is the medication and this is how you titrate the medication. No, where you should know that coming in. So they're going to show you the little differences, the little nuances um, and orientation it can be any, I've worked at some places where orientation was hella long. It was like two weeks. Oh, um, wow. And then I I've, I've worked at, yeah, yeah it, it was long. Um, and then I worked at other places where they like paired me with a preceptor in the morning and three hours. They were like, Sarah, you're, right, you're good. Yeah. They're like, well, <laughs> can you another, take another like admission. we need to split y'all. And I was like, oh, okay. Just three hours. Right, here we okay, go. <laughs> Jump right in. <laughs> But typical is, I would say, one to two days. Crisis rate contract is going to be different. It really does vary. But that's another good question to ask during your interview. How long is the orientation and what can I expect during the orientation? So how do you um, handle just feeling overwhelmed in a new environment? I mean, you're probably a pro at it by now, but what's your advice to people who are just getting into traveling? Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, Give yourself some grace. Don't be so hard on yourself at the end of the day. Like no matter how long you've been a nurse, your first contract is going to be overwhelming. Like you could be a nurse for 20 years, but you're starting off in a brand new environment, brand new people, different charting systems. So it's a lot to soak in. So don't be so hard on yourself where you feel like you just have to, there's no nurse on this earth that knows everything. So don't let anyone make you feel stupid for asking a question. 
Um, and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. I feel like a lot of travel nurses don't want to, they don't want to feel dumb for asking a question, but I always preface it with, you know, talk, even talking to doctors, they're like, oh, well, we want to order penicillin for this, or no, they'll say, oh, order antibiotics for this patient. And I'll say, well, what type of antibiotics do you want? Oh, the usual. And I'll say, okay, well, I'm a travel nurse and the usual can be different at every single place. Like, do you want three units of penicillin or do you just want to do two of ANSEP or do you, and that kind of resets it for them. Like, oh, she's not dumb. She actually has a lot of experience. Yeah, you actually know what you're talking about. different places and she's just trying to clarify because she doesn't want to assume because assuming can put you in a bad situation. So don't be so hard on yourself. You, you're not going to know everything. There's no one on the floor that knows everything. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Take advantage of, a, of your orientation time and, you know, just bring a notebook and take lots of notes. And um, one thing that I do that works every single time, it will guarantee a first good impression. And you are in California. I, I miss Portos so bad. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I You're going to make so friends bad. real Girl. fast if you show up with Portos. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I literally, I show up with Portos, all the baked goods, all the coffee. And then on the box, I'll put a little note like, hey, I'm Sarah. I'm the new traveler on the unit. If you see me looking lost, help your girl out. <laughs> <laughs> And all I come bearing gifts. They'll, they'll laugh, they'll eat it, they love it, and then they remember you. And it just sets like the tone for the unit. So that's something I always do. I love that. Okay, so one of the most obviously asked questions, <laughs> let's talk money, honey. Because this is like the whole reason we get into this, right? Like, obviously the experience is great, like fun, you get to travel, but then the money. The money. So my <laughs> bills are paid. Yeah, bills. We all want to be millionaires. Let's go travel. Um, how do you like negotiate tra- contracts? How do you know it's a good contract as far as financially? Like, I feel like it's kind of underground. You don't really know. You know that you're absolutely right. That is that's the truth. Most travel nurses don't know. They don't know what a good or bad rate is. They don't know. They know that they, if they do know to negotiate, they still don't know how. (laughs) So it still ends up like disastrous. Um, So yes, like one of the biggest things I want to start off with is you want to make sure that you, number one, should always be working with multiple companies. Um, When I initially jumped into travel nursing, I didn't really, number one, I didn't know it's a thing to work with multiple companies. And I didn't feel like it was necessary because I talked to this one recruiter who had like 10 different jobs for me to choose from. So it felt like I don't need to work with another company. I have 10 jobs to choose from. But the most important thing to know is that no, there is not one company that has all the jobs in that area. Every company has different contracts with different hospitals. So if you're only working with one company, even if it's the best company in the whole world, you're missing out on job opportunities. There may be, your company may have a contract with Kaiser and then, you know, they may give you 10 Kaiser jobs, but then company B may have contracts with Methodist and you're missing out on all the Methodist contracts because you think these 10 Kaiser jobs are where it's at. So you definitely want to work with multiple companies so that you, number one, increase your job opportunities, but number two, you will get a better idea of what the rates should and shouldn't be. Most likely, if you're working with multiple companies and someone sends you a low rate, you know, we have four recruiters and three recruiters send you a rate for 4000 
and one recruiter sends you a rate for 2000 you know that recruiter's lowballing you. <laughs> so it makes it very easy to like distinguish between the rates and it immediately puts like the ball in your court and gives you leverage as a travel nurse to immediately compare offers and start negotiating from there. Are there any like sort of like bonus incentive deals or things like that you try to ever like work in your contract? Like finesse? Um, let's see. I would say the most common bonus and like, well, not really a bonus. The most common incentive that people forget about or not even forget about, they don't know about. If you're listening right now, take notes because you about to be shook. Okay. Here we go. Fire. Fire. <laughs> Pull out your notebook. Papa. <laughs> But, you know, and this is, I have to preface with this with, it, it gets a little bit deep into like travel nurse pay, um, but I'll make this as simple as possible. But long story short, travel nurse pay is broken up into two sections. You know, one portion of it is going to be your tax-free stipends. The second portion of it is going to be your hourly rate. Your hourly rate is taxed. So for a travel nurse, it is typically more lucrative to have a lower hourly rate. So more money is in your pocket after taxes. So typically travel nurses, our hourly rate is anywhere from like 20 to $25 an hour um, so that we can maximize our income. Um, the issue with that is if you work overtime and you get time and a half and you only get paid $20 an hour, you're going to go and work a whole 12 hour shift. And after taxes, is going to be like $100 more <laughs> because it's based off of your hourly rate and time and a half of $20. This is $30 an hour. So many travel nurses go in, they work in two or three days overtime thinking they're making hella money and they get their paycheck and they're like, what the hell is going on? Like, yes, it's not, it's definitely not worth it when it comes to overtime and holidays. Like don't be volunteering to work Christmas when your time and a half is $30 an hour. Don't do that to yourself. Um, so what you should do is you should ask your recruiter if they can work in the pay package, an incentive for overtime, a shift incentive, extra shift incentive, extra shift bonus. Every company calls it something different. But basically, that means for every shift that I pick up, you give me a $500 bonus. Otherwise, it's not worth me coming in. Right. That is, mm. yeah, good tip. Our own hospital even did that for a little bit when we were in a staffing crisis and not as a travel, just any nurse. So then they took it away and I was like, why would I Rude. ever work overtime <laughs> ever again in my life if last month I could do it and get a $500 bonus and now I can't. So yep. I haven't done overtime in like two years. <laughs> yep. How would you say COVID has affected travel nursing over the past year? Any thoughts on that? <laughs> do I? <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking to the queen of queen. travel. Okay. Give us all of your in your goods. I will say the biggest misconception about travel. I, it's so funny because people think that like crisis rates only exist when COVID came and people are like freaking out. Oh my God, COVID's going away. The crisis rate contracts are going away. I'm like, girl, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Like I've been doing this for years. <laughs> I love you. I've been like picking up crisis rate contracts for several years. The whole entire time. <laughs> We've offered oh them at God, our hospital. Late to the game. <laughs> like years ago. I'd ask those travel nurses, what are they making? They'd come in on those like strike nurse crisis yeah. shifts. We're not allowed to call them strike, <laughs> but they'd come in on those crisis contracts. And I was just like, shook. <laughs> like, I, I you're like, I'm making what? <laughs> we need to hop on that. Yes. COVID definitely. I will say it. Um, 
I feel like it pushed. So I feel like a lot of nurses were already burnt out and on edge and had kind of thought about travel nursing, but COVID pushed them over the edge. Like this pandemic made a lot of nurses be like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. This is not fair. I deserve, I, I want the pay I deserve. I want to be able to take time off when I want to take time off. I want more like autonomy over my career. They're like, forget it. I'm jumping in. So I think um, there's definitely a huge influx in travel nurses, which is awesome because, you know, I want everybody and their mom to be a travel nurse. Um, And COVID definitely affected travel nurse pay. There is a huge influx in the pay. And just like, you know, in any situation when it comes to travel nursing, when it comes to pay, our pay is dictated by three things, location, your specialty, and demand. So the location you're in, there's obviously a huge difference between California and Texas when it comes to pay. And that just has to do with cost of living. Um, Different specialties will get paid depending on, you know, their demand. So for example, I've been telling, shout out to my LMD nurses listening to this, like all the LMD nurses are a little jealous of the IC nurses (laughs) getting the COVID contracts. I'm like, it's okay. We're about to have pandemic babies (laughs) popping. Our crisis rates are Ooh, high. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Quarantine, Quarantine babies. Hold your hold your They're coming um, down. So it definitely will vary depending on your specialty. But typically for L&D nurses, um, we have crisis, con- crisis rate contracts pop up in the summer because people just have more babies in the summer. They're making babies around Christmas, you know, and Valentine's Day and summertime. Yep, yeah, that's cold. It's crazy. Mm. What else are you going to do? It's so crazy how it's Netflix so and predictable. Chill. But yeah, like every year, summertime, there's tons of crisis rates for L&D nurses. So it can definitely vary between specialty. But the biggest dictator when it comes to our pay is demand. If the demand for your skills increases, then your pay is going to increase along with that. So COVID obviously increased the demand for ICU, med surge, but really all nurses, like hospitals just need nurses. So it definitely increased the demand and it increased the pay. Okay. If you had three good tips for someone looking to become a travel nurse, what would you say to them? My first tip would be, I know this is shout out to all the people in my DMs who were like, I got one day of experience, but I'm ready. I love y'all so much, but... (laughs) <laughs> don't have diaper rash and try to go like, I love travel the nurse. excitement but it's like I know it's so tempting but really get the get the necessary experience and really hone in on building your skill set so that not only for patient safety but the safety of yourself and your license because it's not worth losing your whole career losing your license over one quick you know contract trying to just make a quick buck like it just doesn't make any sense Um, So definitely build your skill set. And my second tip when it comes to building your skill set is stop being scared to flow. Like if you want to be a travel nurse. I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) And trust me, like my perspective has changed so much because I was struggling my first couple years as a travel nurse, struggling. And a lot of it had to do with my perspective. And my perspective has definitely, I used to be that nurse that dreaded floating because I, even to this day, I'm an L&D nurse. I love labor and delivery. I ain't trying to be nowhere else. I don't want to be on postpartum. I don't want to be on antepartum. I don't even want to be in the OR. Like I want to do labor and delivery. But 
what changed my perspective is over the years, because I've floated to so many different units as a travel nurse, I've really built up my skill set. And because I've built up my skill set, that's made me more marketable. And that increases the chances of me getting those high paying jobs. For all the nurses who are worried about the crisis rates disappearing and going away, yes, will crisis rates, like, will there be a less amount? Well, of course, because COVID is going away. But the fact is, crisis rates will always be here. Nurses will always be in demand. It's going to fluctuate up and down. It's just going to be more competitive to get. They're not going to be as easy to get. So if you want to make yourself more marketable, build up that skill set and you're more likely to get the job. Um, so that's what's going to be really, really important. If you're thinking about travel nursing right now, you really should be using floating as an advantage. Look at it as a learning opportunity and think about what skills you can add to your resume, because that ultimately is going to lead to you getting the job over the hundred other travel nurses who are applying for that same position. Get out of your comfort zone like that, because I can say Tori going to float pool changed her entire perspective on nursing and me finally leaving the NICU and doing transport and having to learn how to take care of any type of patient that comes to a children's hospital has changed my perspective because now I have to be able to do anything and everything. And before I was afraid to even step out of the NICU, even in the NICU, I had my preferred population <laughs> and I didn't even like to take care of other types of babies outside of like, I liked only micro preemies. And yeah. it's just crazy now to think how like close-minded I was. Yes. And that's my third tip is like, don't underestimate yourself and like, you're capable of so much and jumping out of your comfort zone is always scary, but it almost always leads to growth at the same time. And it's so, you know, worth it. So don't underestimate yourself and what you're capable of. It's definitely possible. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like you, Sarah, I left around three and a half years to do, I did more local travel. I did like LA, Orange County area hospitals, but honestly, it was so fun to be able to see different organizations, meet a lot of nurses. I have met so many amazing people over the couple of years. I mean, I've worked in what, eight, I don't know, eight different places and I love it. I love getting to meet people, seeing different ways to do things. You know, it's just, I really love that dynamic. Um, so I actually think you have a fourth tip for all of our travel nurses. <laughs> Little plug, plug, plug for your program. Okay, so let's hear about your program because this is amazing. I think it's so needed. I know you are popping off with this program, so we want to hear all about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> you're so plug, funny. Plug, <laughs> plug, plug, plug. Um, yeah, so like if you're interested in jumping into travel nursing, number one, definitely follow me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Gaines. I'm always giving travel nurse tips and stuff on my stories. And if you want to join a supportive community, if you want access to me as your mentor and you want access to all the tools and resources so that you can get expert advice and jump into travel nursing and actually thrive without spending years of trial and error, jump into the travel nurse course, which is my paid program you can sign up at saragames.com. And if you are watching or not watching, listening to this <laughs> podcast um, in, at the right time, you will be able to sign up for my free masterclass. So if you really enjoyed these travel nurse tips and gems that were dropped, dropped in this episode, you are definitely going to love my free masterclass. It is a 
one hour live masterclass. We talk about trauma nursing. There's a Q&A at the end. And it's a sneak peek of what it's like to um, learn from me inside the trauma nurse course. So at the end, you'll decide. I mean, you will decide to enroll in the trauma nurse <laughs> I'm like That's feeling like I want to do it now. <laughs> so how did you develop this program? And like, what even inspired you to start it? Yeah. I started my first contract and um you know I told y'all you know I was I started it and I was making more money than I was as a as a staff nurse so it felt like a lot of money but then six months into working there I found out there was other nurses that were making five to seven hundred dollars more a week than me a week (laughs) so it was literally if you do the math it was like a twenty thousand dollar mistake um and it was just straight up because I didn't I didn't know any better. I didn't know to work with different companies. I didn't know to compare offers. And even if I knew to compare offers, I didn't know what to compare or what I was looking at. And even if I knew that I should negotiate, I know how to do it. And that's honestly the same issues that travel nurses run into. So many nurses jump into travel nursing because it sounds super good. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling to find housing. I don't know how to... I, I arrived to my assignment and I was the lowest paid traveler. There's another nurse making a thousand dollars more a week than me. Like, how could this happen to me? Or I don't get along with my recruiter. My company isn't supporting me. There's a million and one obstacles that travel nurses run into. And so when that happened to me and I began to talk to other travel nurses, like, can someone help me? What's going on? They were all going through the same thing. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, girl, it happens. Like, happens all the time. I struggled the first couple of years of my career. It just, it is what it is. It was kind of just like, that's just the part of being a travel nurse. You get screwed over. You have to work with several bad companies before you find a good one. You, you know, you never know what you're going to get with your assignment. There's no way to, and it's like, what? So that's pretty much how, so basically I, I would not accept that as an answer. I, I basically spent years of trial and error and kind of figuring things out on my own. And I was documenting everything as it was happening on Instagram. And my Instagram just kind of blew up because other people who were travel nurses themselves, they were like, wait a minute. Cause like three, four years into my career, I was making hella money and I was always on vacation. So they're like, how the hell? <laughs> What's going on here? Like I'm a travel living nurse your best life. and I'm not living my best life. I'm over here struggling. So we need to know the tea. And my DMs were blowing up like hundreds and hundreds of DMs. And I basically just took like the most common questions that people have. I couldn't keep up with it. And I said, what's the best way for me to be able to reach and impact the most amount of nurses? I was like, I'm going to create a course. And um, so, yeah, the travel nurse course literally goes step by step through every single thing from what to know before you even go, before you even apply for an assignment. There's so many mistakes that people make before they even leave. And these are mistakes that cost them a ton of money and frustration. So what to know before you go to finding a reliable company, to finding a recruiter you trust, to picking an assignment that you actually love, because believe it or not, it's not all about the money. (laughs) And of course, there's a juicy lesson about negotiating and what makes the travel nurse course so unique is there's an entire lesson about um, negotiating tips and tricks from me, but there's also tea from travel nurse recruiters who are completely unbiased, who just have your best interest in mind and like reviewing contracts and talking about negotiating with a recruiter. Like that's the, (laughs) like it's, 
so juicy. So the travel nurse course is definitely on a whole nother level. Like if you're the type of person who's like, uh, I've been on Google and I'm really overwhelmed and I can't even decipher between the good and the bad information. We all know there's a lot Yeah, because there's so much conflicting mm-hmm. information there out is. there. I mean, it's it's confusing. You never know. And every time you look at a web page, it's like an ad for that yes. company. So then you're like, you're actually just trying to plug your company, but you're not really helping me. Yes. And that's another thing a lot of travel nurses don't realize is the, a lot of the major travel nurse, like when you Google travel nurse, there's going to be the top five sites that come up and they're all owned by different agencies. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're biased. And so the travel nurse course is just your way of getting advice from experts. It's going to be unbiased. It's going to be transparent. And you're also getting advice and guidance from a mentor, aka me, who has the knowledge and experience and insight after several years in the industry and working with hundreds of nurses um, to help guide you every step of the way so that you can really make educated decisions. And in no way am I promising that your travel nursing career is going to be just like perfect because no one's career is perfect. But what I can say is if you run into obstacles, you're going to have a supportive community of nurses to lean on. You're going to have a mentor to ask questions to so that you can make educated decisions. You don't have to be overwhelmed and anxious and confused. You can actually jump into travel nursing with a little bit of confidence. You can actually sign that contract because you're like, you know what? I read it. I knew what to expect. I knew what red flags to call out. And you can make educated decisions literally every single step of the way. It, it's a whole new level. And I'm, I'm so, 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 I can go on and on and on and on. I'm so passionate about the travel nurse course and all the incredible nurses in it. <laughs> so is it a live course or is it like a self-paced course? So it's actually a hybrid. So um, I like that. The live aspect of it is every single week there's live sessions with me. So that is basically your chance to be like, okay, Sarah, this is what happened to me. I was bamboozled. And I'll be like, no, girl, this is what you need to do, you know, blah, blah, or, you know, whatever. (laughs) And then it's self-paced in a way. As soon as you enroll in the travel nurse course, you get instant access to all of the lessons. So you can literally binge watch like all of the lessons. And then if you have questions in the lesson, you can type in your question on the little discussion board and it'll actually message me and then I'll message you back. And then if you want a more detailed response every single week, you have the opportunity to join the live sessions. And the live sessions are honestly the best part because Number one, I always have special guests on there, different experts, um, which is really, really cool. Um, and number two, it's a great opportunity to not only get advice from me, but connect and build relationships with all the other nurses in the course. That's like the best part about it. I mean, there's there a couple of weeks ago, there was one nurse that was saying, yeah, like, I think I may... She was traveling and she was saying she wanted the opportunity to cross train in a different specialty. And then on that same call, there was a nurse manager and she was like, we're hiring travel nurses. I'll cross, well, I'll make sure you get cross trained. They exchanged numbers and then she wow. went that's so crazy. Cool. Like the networking and the- Networking. Yeah, that's networking. such networking. good networking. Yes, like the, the community is something that you just can't find anywhere else. Everyone is in it together and truly there to- help each other out and uplift each other to like our highest potential. And I say are because I just like initially when I started the travel nurse course, I was like, this will be a great community for everyone else. And I'm, I'd be going in the community. I'd be like, I need y'all love and support with this. And I just, I, 
I love it so much. <laughs> this may seem like a silly question, but who would you say is your ideal client or who you're, you know, who's coming to you? Who's coming to me? Okay. Um, I'm actually really glad you asked that. Uh, <laughs> because this is so funny. She was the sweetest girl ever, but a couple of weeks ago, a nursing student enrolled in the child nurse course. And I was like, how did you get here? You got to pass NCLEX. She's just trying to be very proactive. I was like, girl, you are so proactive, but like, this is, I was like, I'll give you a full refund. <laughs> like, She's like, I graduated six months. She's like, you know, I'm coming back in six months. I was like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> One loyal year and six months. <laughs> she was so sweet. Um, but yes, anyone who is a registered nurse and you're interested in jumping into travel nursing, um, I would definitely say sooner, better than later, a big misconception about the travel nurse course is like, oh, I don't want to, or, you know, people say like, I'll jump into the travel nurse course when I'm ready to jump into travel nursing, but that's actually too late. The travel nurse course is designed to set you up for success. So if you plan to become a travel nurse anytime this year, you need to jump into, into the travel nurse course so that you can get through all of the lessons, you can ask all the questions, and that you're truly set up for success. Um, my um, The other perfect person that's for the travel nurse course is actually experienced travel nurses. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is that 50% of the nurses in the travel nurse course are actually experienced travel nurses because I either, I get one or two people. I get nurse A who's like, uh-uh, like I'm not trying to be bamboozled. I'm not trying to what, lose any money. I'm not trying to go through any headaches. I'm not trying to waste my time. Let me just go ahead and enroll in the travel nurse course. And then you got nurse B that's like, you know what? I'm going to wing it. I don't want to pay for a course. I'm going to figure it out on my own. And then they DM me and they're like, Sarah, I just started. And there's nurses making $1,000 more a week than me. And I'm like, yeah, and you signed a 13-week contract. So that's $13,000 you missed out on, but you didn't want to pay Girl, for Girl, we need to sign up for this course. <laughs> like, so here we are. <laughs> are we traveling podcast now? See, I know. We can we should totally this go. podcast anywhere. Tori, we need I know. Travel. We're portable. I will, Grandma, Grandma, NICU, Jacob. <laughs> I will do a NICU travel nurse contact with you. Okay. We, we should. should. We, we should actually thought this. about doing that during the pandemic. We did try last March. We were actually talking to a recruiter about doing some COVID contracts in New York, but I couldn't get a leave of absence from my current job. And I love being a transport nurse and I just didn't want to walk away from it and not be able to come back to it. But Absolutely. I was so close. No, I'm I'm glad I'm actually glad you brought that up. I don't suggest I know a lot of nurses do that, but I don't suggest leaving a like dropping a permanent job for a temporary opportunity, basically. Like I, there's some nurses who are like, oh yeah, I quit my job. I'm done. I picked up this crisis rate contract. Oh snap, it was canceled. Well now you have yeah. <laughs> now you have nothing. Um, so I think that was a smart decision. I would definitely say like, if you are trying out travel nursing, the best thing to do is try to keep your job PR in or per diem so that you always have a plan B and a mm -hmm. place to go back to. If this podcast ever pops up enough yeah. and I go per diem at my transport job, Tori and I are going to take your travel nurse class <laughs> totally. and go you know for it. You know who Yeah, we do. signing up. <laughs> Actually, we're still, we're going on a vacation with you. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. We need to make that happen. It yeah, we are. We're stalking mm -hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> what has it been like for you being an entrepreneur? Like, how is this, what's this process been like for you? 
Oh man, it's kind of been like a roller coaster, but it's so crazy how so many things, when you're meant to do something, how things just literally just fall into place for you. And that's like the biggest thing I've learned over the years. Like when I just go with my gut and I go, I lead with what I love, everything just explodes for me. So I would say overall, this entrepreneurship thing has been amazing. I think the hardest thing for me was actually um, taking a break from travel nursing. Cause you know, when you're a bedside nurse, you're like, oh, I'd love to have a year off, but no, like I actually really miss <laughs> I really miss nursing. And so it was hard to be like, no, nah, Sarah, you got to do the traveler's course like full time. But um, the one thing that I'm more passionate about, I love LMD so much. I love my little pregnant people. Um, but I'm so passionate about helping nurses because I was that nurse. Like I always go back to the Sarah that was on the floor in the fetal position crying. And I felt so stuck. I felt like there was just no option. There was no opportunity for me. And I will never forget how I felt in that moment. And unfortunately, there's so many nurses who can relate to that. And that's sad. There's so many nurses who can relate to that. And I'm the person to show them, like, here's what's really possible for you. Like, you, there's so much you can do with travel nursing. You can get, you can get the pay you deserve. You can gain the freedom you deserve. You can gain that control over your career because you deserve it, like, period. And you can do it without spending the first two to three years on the struggle bus. <laughs> it's so funny because you never go to nursing school thinking this, that your life you have now would have been your future. Oh my gosh. If someone would have told me, gosh, if someone would have told me in nursing school that number one, I can't even, the life I'm living right now, i I wouldn't have been, been able to even fathom it at the time. And it's so crazy to think that my mindset at that time was so limited because I guess, you know, when I look back at it, it's like, maybe I didn't think I deserved the life that I'm living now. I don't know. But I honestly, if someone would have told me, Sarah, you're going to be a nurse and then you're going to become a travel nurse. And then you're going to create a course that's going to help thousands of nurses all across the U.S. live their dreams. And while you're waking up every day talking and laughing with nurses, that's that's your life. And you're living anywhere you want in the world and doing what you love. Like, what? Like, that just sounds crazy to me. Um, but I'm so thankful. Like, I, I, I can't even put into words. I think there's so much more to nursing than just going to school, getting your staff job, and then working there 30 years and retiring. And I don't think people realize the options available to us to even just like be your own entrepreneur, aside from even traveling or all the different specialties. So I think it's cool when people like you are just such a great example for nursing students to look up as like, look at all these options in your life. Yeah, I definitely... One thing I try to do is offer a different perspective, you know, because I feel like so many nurses, their eyes aren't open yet. They were like me. I was like, oh, travel nurse is crazy. Travel nursing is risky. Travel. I had all of these like misconceptions. And that's like my only goal. I'm like, at the very least, at the end of a conversation with you, let me just change your perception about travel nursing. And once your perception changes, you're going to realize it can be life-changing for 
damn near any nurse. You know, y'all watch. By the end of this, y'all will be applying for a travel institution. <laughs> I'm getting like a little itchy over I here. Know, like. I know. Sarah, you're such a gem. You Thank have you. been like one of my favorite guests. Oh, ever. 100%. <laughs> you are absolutely amazing. Like, Just you. I could pick your brain for hours. I, we, yeah. It's almost like we need to have you come back on for another yeah. round. I'm like, you're We're just so like, anytime you want to come on. Yes. Episode 55 with Sarah. Yes. <laughs> so where can everybody find you? All your platforms, your program, all the fun things. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Gaines. Be sure to turn on your notifications and watch my stories for daily travel nurse tips. You got to get the tea. Don't be bamboozled. Um, <laughs> you can definitely go to saragaines.com to learn more about my paid program, which is the travel nurse course. And if you're watching this podcast in time, you'll be able to join my free masterclass, which is a one hour webinar where I talk about travel nursing. There's a Q&A and there will be the opportunity for you to enroll in the travel nurse course. So, yeah. Love it. Oh, and we'll link it in the show notes yes. as well, just in case. Well, thank you so much. Like, we got a double dose from you, and it was amazing. <laughs> this was so good, Sarah. Thank you guys amazing. so much thank for you. having me. This is always, I mean, it was so fun for the first episode, and it's fun with this one, too. Yeah. So thank you for We can't wait to travel with you. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Before we exit, we wanted to give another shout out. Make sure you head over to our link in the bio. We are really curious uh, if you want to join us on our trip somewhere in April. Come travel with us. We are so excited. Definitely fill that form out. Let us know what you think. We want to hear all the deets, where you guys want to go, what you want to do. We are super pumped about this. So make sure you fill out that form. We're, so, so. We need something to look forward to. So there we go. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you are following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all of our episodes and our merch on our website, www.selfiepodcast.com. Com. Check it out because we got out. all the good merch. Yes, Love a day do. off. And make sure you rate and review us. Download and subscribe. Download. You already know. Subscribe. But we appreciate it. We'll be sending you swag your way if you drop yeah. your IG handle. Yeah. And speaking of IG, where can they find you? That's at Nurse Tori and, and Hey Samantha with two A's. Yeah. Thank you for Fun Friday. Oh my gosh, you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for being here with us. And we can't wait to see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>